can't help it. I ball like a Celtic. I can't help it. Nah, I can't help it. Nah, I can't help it. I ball like a Celtic. I can't help it. I ball like a Celtic. All right, Celtics fans, we are back with another episode of Boston Celtics Game Day Recap. I'm your host, Guy DiPlacino, and we have a jam-packed episode for you here today. Celtics are coming off of a loss against the Jazz in a game where it was about as close as it could be up until the last two minutes. Uh, Celtics lost 117-109 to the Utah Jazz, made it interesting. Uh, made it very interesting late in the stretch here, but I uh, have a lot to cover today. want to talk through the good and the bad, do the same podcast format as usual, uh, but I do want to talk about some of the Celtics rumors that have been floating around the Twitter sphere uh, as of late. So we'll touch on those in a little bit. Make sure to stay tuned for those. will definitely be a fun episode. Uh, but to get started, I uh, want to do player of the game. And tonight it has to go to Jason Tatum. It has to go to Jason Tatum. He really did everything late in the stretch for the Celtics. JB had a fantastic game. We'll talk on him. Uh, But when it came down to a lot of clutch baskets, Tatum was that guy tonight. Uh, For the most part, I think he beat the shot clock three times. Or the shot clock was running very low. And he just threw up shots, and just made them. Bunch of step backs, bunch of sidestep threes. uh, And late in the game, end up splitting two defenders, dunking over Gobert. Uh, And it's just, these are the big plays that you need. And we'll talk about the downfall of the Celtics. Uh, But overall, Jason Tatum played an outstanding game. Had a couple of big floaters, uh, and just really crushed it you know overall he had i want to say it was 12 points in the third quarter so really held held the team together on that stretch and that was the quarter that the celtics you know outscored the jazz uh and really made this a game uh had a lead actually so it's just it's a frustrating loss i've been saying that a lot but you know overall you look at this game the Celtics played pretty well, and I'm going to talk about that, you know, moving forward into the rest of the podcast here. But you know, overall, we've lost two of three games since returning from the All Star break to the Nets and to the Jazz, two of the best teams in the NBA. And both of the games, the Celtics played pretty well. Uh, so yes, I mean, it, it sucks losing. But these aren't necessarily games that you really are shaking your head like the Celtics suck. So overall, I'm I'm not overly upset. I think the Celtics still have a legitimate shot pending a couple things that we'll talk about in the back half of the podcast here. So make sure to stay in for that. But you know, the other the other guy that really just stepped up today was Jalen Brown, the other part of the Rain and Jays. He had 28 points tonight, seven assists, five rebounds, two steals, and a block. Uh, overall, was doing everything. Was doing everything. Drove to lane, had a couple great finishes over Gobert, uh, and just had a stellar night defensively as well. Like I said, couple steals, 
a block. Just looked good. Uh, he did have that one drive on Mitchell uh, where he got the end one and then kind of got slapped by Donovan Mitchell after the fact, after he slapped him on the butt and said, good job, brown boy, talking shit. Um, but overall, I mean, these are these are two solid games. You know, if you look at both of the Rain and Jays, 29 for Tatum, 28 for JB. That should result in a win on most days. On most days. Uh, unfortunately, it did not. And again, a lot of it comes down to just no performances from the bench. Robert Williams played excellent. We can talk about him now as well. But he came in with a ton of energy. And, and honestly, so did the Celtics in general. The Celtics came out with incredible energy to start this game, which is something we haven't seen a lot. A uh, couple steals early on, forced a shot clock violation, started the game 16-5. to five. Uh, 15 assists on 25 makes in the first half. It honestly, it all started off excellent. You know, and typically we've been waiting for a Marcus Smart or a Time Lord to come in and kind of bring the energy. And not that it changed once they came in. We've played a pretty strong first quarter. Uh, but realistically, like these are these are good quarters. We had a great first quarter, an okay second, a really good third quarter, but fourth quarter we just fell apart. We got outplayed. Uh, Time Lord was a big big piece of this night, and honestly, it could have been it could have been him. It could have been Daniel Tice for player of the game. Also, both bigs played fantastic ball tonight with the absence of Tristan Thompson. Uh, but I do want to touch on Rob Williams: fourteen points, two blocks, nine rebounds on seven of ten shooting, and. We saw a couple float. We saw a mid-range and a floater mixed in there, not just dunks. Uh, so you see him kind of moving out his offensive game a little bit, which is good to see. Uh, the one player that honestly really stepped up on the, as far as big men goes, Daniel Tice. Fifteen points, eleven rebounds, six assists, seven of thirteen shooting. And Daniel Tice tonight, various points of the game, was one of the best players. You know, he did a good job against um, Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert really didn't do a thing for the majority of the game. You know, coming into the fourth quarter, I want to say he had like eight points and six rebounds. So the fourth quarter, he torched us. The majority of the fourth quarter minutes also went to Time Lloyd, though. Not saying that that coincides with one another. I don't know if it does or not. Rudy Gobert is a force of nature. He's just a huge human being. Uh, but Daniel Tice played him very well today. Uh, had a really solid game overall. Defensively, offensively, was hitting his shots. You know, a lot of rumors have been going around, and I'll, I'll kind of talk on those in the back half here, but... Daniel Tice still just does not get any respect. And he deserves a lot more. He deserves a lot more. You know, he was arguably third best player behind the two Rain and Jays today. You know, we did see some contributions from Kemba. Uh, 
Uh, defensively, actually didn't play bad. Actually was pretty active on the defensive end. Ended with 15, 16 points, excuse me. Five assists, two steals. The problem with Kemba's game tonight was two of seven from three. And it, it was kind of just it was kind of the way the Celtics played. Marcus Smart definitely didn't help with that. Uh, shot one of six. But, you know, overall, not a stellar performance from Kemba. Had a couple of great plays. Uh, a couple of big drives, actually. Uh, took a charge on Bogdanovich. I believe he took another one later in the game as well. But uh, had a couple of clutch baskets late in the game. One over Gobert as well. Uh, so overall, I mean, again, it's it's good to see him performing in clutch. Uh, just wasn't enough tonight. Wasn't enough. Utah Jazz is a good team. They are good. One of the best three-point shooting teams in the history of the NBA. And are also really good at defending the three. Really good at defending the three. With that being said, I do want to switch things over, talk about some of the negatives, because the biggest negative was our three-point shooting. Uh, Before we dive into the bad part of today's game, do want to take a quick break for a word from our sponsors. All right, guys, time for a new favorite sponsor alert, Venture Greens Nutrition. Venture Greens Nutrition is changing the nutrition game forever. They offer one-on-one coaching where they build macro-based diets to get you moving in the right direction. As great as the coaching is, what I love most about Venture Green Nutrition is their line of CBD products. They have tinctures, salves, beard care, and gear, and the best part is... All Venture Greens Nutrition's products are formulated and manufactured in their own facilities in the United States. Check them out at VentureGreensNutrition.com. Use code CelticsTake15, that's CelticsTake15, for 15% off. You won't regret it. All right, Celtics fans, we're back. Talk about some of the negatives of today's game. Today's loss to the Utah Jazz, 117-109. As I just mentioned prior to this, the biggest flaw that the Celtics had today was beyond the arc. And the Celtics couldn't get anything going. They couldn't get anything going from three. We were 0 for 7 from three in the first quarter. Uh, We were 3 of 12 by the time halftime came. Uh, and it didn't really get much better. You know, we ended the game 10 of 29. So obviously the percentage was higher in the second half than it was in the first, but still not a good shooting performance at all from the Celtics. And the other thing that really kills that is the free throw line. Like this is, this is the problem with the Celtics, and I've talked about it all season long. The Celtics have a lot of playmaking ability with the two Rain and Jays. But when they do not attack the basket, it forces other players to hit shots. That's where the Celtics fall short. We've talked about needing wing depth over and over this season. And this is just another example of that. Outside of the Jays, we don't have a ton of reliable scores. Marcus Smart, I'll give it to him. 
best defensive player that I've seen in the NBA right now. I, I truly believe that. You know, Rudy Gobert, fantastic defender, changes the game. Marcus Smart is right there with him. He has a legitimate case for Defensive Player of the Year every year. Uh, tonight, not a good shooting night. Again, defensively, played fine. Played great. But 2 of 10 from the field. 1 of 6 from 3. You know, Marcus has never been the guy that's been known for his shot. But he has been fairly consistent with giving us double digits. And tonight wasn't that night. It was a tough shooting night for him. Really a tough shooting night for Kemba. 7 of 16 is not terrible. But 2 of 7 from 3 is bad. And the rest of our team, the rest of our bench did nothing. Shemi Ojale, who got the start today, didn't even attempt a shot. And a lot of the times, there was one sequence where Tice had the ball top of the arc. Shemi pretty much wide open. Turned the other way, gives it to JB. JB drives towards the middle. Shemi, wide open. Jalen Brown turns around, passes it out to Tatum. Like, they just didn't trust him. I don't know. I, I feel like Shemi has played pretty well for the majority of the season. Uh, yes, he's had his lapses, but they just were not looking his way at all. I will say Shemi had one drive that resulted in a, a dish to Tice for a layup, and that was good. Uh, but outside of it, it was a tough game. A tough game. Honestly, it's, it, it's Shemi, Grant Williams... One of three. Jeff Teague, 0 for 1. Pritchard didn't take a shot. Only played 12 minutes. So you can't really expect too much there. Uh, but the Celtics just didn't have any scoring outside of their starting lineup. I mean, Robert Williams scored 14. Again, played pretty well. But outside of that, it's tough. I mean, one of our starters had zero. So you're not going to win a lot of games like that. This, I mean... The Celtics kept this game close. And for shooting as poorly as we did from three and only attempting four free throws the entire game, it's a miracle that we didn't get blown out by the Utah Jazz. But defensively, we played pretty well. Like We played pretty well. For the majority of the game, again, take away the fourth quarter, they scored 40 points in the fourth quarter. Through three quarters, the Celtics were playing a lot better than the Utah Jazz. Like, a lot better. I believe only one of their starters had double digits after three quarters. Donovan Mitchell didn't even score until, I think, the second or third quarter. I believe his second. But, I mean, it's, it's just it's bad. Like, the Celtics played a good defensive game. And we honestly, we played a halfway decent offensive game as well. But down the stretch, we couldn't convert. You know, this is, this is one of the few games where the Celtics actually, you know, crossed that 26 assist threshold and lost. We ended the night with 28 assists. For this Celtics team, that's fantastic. So it's just, it's tough to win a game. When you shoot as poorly as the Celtics did. And that's, you know, it's just, it is what it is. It's what happened tonight. And it sucks. It sucks. Because this is a game that we very easily could have won. Very easily could have won. Uh, so we're moving down further in the standings. 
I'm not as worried about standings as most people are. We've got, you know, a pretty good stretch of games coming up that are very winnable games. And honestly, I mean, I know we're one and three since the break. We look better after the break than we did before the break. A lot of that is just due to the fact that we have Marcus Smart back, and that's fine, you know. But this Celtics team looks better. Like, it has not translated to wins, but we've also played two of, you know, arguably the three best teams in the NBA, or arguably the two best teams in the NBA. So, you know, chalk it up is a loss. I mean, it's tough, but it's not a, it's not a loss where you're hanging your head pissed off about. So that's where I'm going to end this game. I want to end this segment there. But I do want to talk about some of the rumors that have been circulating the Twitter sphere. Uh, because the Celtics are part of a lot of them right now. For players that we haven't heard a ton of talks about recently. Uh, and I want to get started with Tristan Thompson. We have heard a lot about Tristan Thompson just not performing well this year. He's gotten a lot of shit. He's been a lot better as of late. But it is now being rumored that the Raptors want Tristan Thompson. And I don't know what is a potential trade coming from them. Uh, I've heard Norm Powell. I don't think that's realistic. I think Norm Powell's trade value is significantly higher than Tristan Thompson. The Aaron Baines thing just, it didn't work out for Toronto. And I don't know. I mean, I I wouldn't be opposed to an Aaron Baines reunion. Aaron Baines and potentially a pick or, I don't know, uh, tossing in even like a, a macaw. Give us a little bit wing, a little bit of wing depth. Uh but these are these are options. I mean, I would I would not mind seeing Aaron Baines. He's had a tough season. It's definitely not his best season. He's two and a half million dollars cheaper than Tristan Thompson. Is it's a movable contract. So if something like that were to happen, I wouldn't be opposed to it. If we can get something from the Raptors that makes sense, I'm all for it. Realistically, this Celtics team, I've talked about it on the podcast, but the Celtics team has three starting centers or three centers that are all trying to vie for minutes of for one position. And if we can move some of those assets, Thompson being one of them, to try and add some wing depth or, or even adding stretch bigs, I think that's a win. Right now, the Celtics don't have anyone to defend a guy like Embiid. I'm not saying Aaron Baines is that guy. Aaron Baines has done pretty well in the past against Embiid. He's just a bigger body. 6'10", 260. Uh, all of our centers are pretty much 6'8", at this point. Not a ton of muscle. Thompson's not tiny, but he's definitely not Baines big. Uh, I would be I would be for it. If we can try to if we can try to get something for him, I think that is best case scenario. Realistically, a lot of a lot of teams are probably going to be trying to. I wouldn't be surprised if the Celtics tried to trade Daniel Tice. And let me preface that by saying, I love Daniel Tice. 
I think he is extremely underrated and does a lot for this team. With that being said, the Celtics aren't going to be able to pay him next year. Like He's probably going to be a guy that explores free agency and gets an offer that is significantly higher than whatever the Celtics can offer. And he's going to walk. And that would suck to see. I, I love Daniel Tice, but he's another guy that if you can ship or shop around and see what his value is within the league. Again, we have nine days before this trade deadline. So these are things that Danny Ainge is, I'm sure he's thinking of uh, because it's something that needs to be looked at at this point. The other, the other big rumor that I did not see coming was from the Orlando Magic. The Orlando Magic are rumored to really want Kemba Walker. And I did not think I'd see the day where a team was looking to take on his contract. Uh, but the Orlando Magic seemed to be interested. And again, I'm not saying that I am jumping all over it. But I would certainly be on the phone with them asking what the trade package would be because they've got a lot of guys that we've talked about in the past. A lot of guys. They've got Terrence Ross. They've got Vucevic. They've got Aaron Gordon. They've got Evan Fournier. All four of those guys have been linked to the Celtics somewhere. And Kemba Walker's contract is ascending. Like It's not, it's not getting cheaper. Uh, and all of those guys on the Magic are. And here's the problem with this. Right now, Kemba Walker makes about $36.2 million, $36.6 maybe. And it's going up next year. And it's going up again to, I think, $37.5 million in 21-22-23. Or so he's got a contract that's just tough. With Jason Tatum's extension kicking in next year, the Celtics' options are going to be very limited. If the Magic are serious about this and are actually looking at Kemba, these are, these are options that you need to take seriously. Again, I don't know if it in the short term it's a great fix, but in the long term, I think it is. I think it is. A guy like Aaron Gordon and Evan Fournier for potentially Kemba basically offsets the salaries wouldn't need to use the TPE at all you're adding two guys getting rid of one smart moves to point guard or maybe bring in or even you just put in Evan Fournier at point guard he's I mean it's feasible uh, but then you also have the TPE option and at that point you're already adding two potential wing depth guys and you can use the TPE for a better point guard down the line either before the deadline or in the offseason so these are these are legitimate things a lot of people keep floating Vucevic if that's the case and we could trade Kemba for Vooch again I don't think that's a bad deal either I mean both Kemba and Vucevic are both on the wrong side of 30 they're both still talented players. 
But Vucevic gives the Celtics something that we just do not have, and that is a stretch, a, a reliable stretch big. Tice is reliable, but he's not fantastic. Vucevic is a very, very talented player. So this is interesting. These are these are very, very interesting rumors. I don't know if there's any leg to it whatsoever, but if there is. Celtics Celtics have options at the deadline. Yeah, I do. I, I heard someone talk about this earlier too. Wayne Ellington is another guy that is that would fit within our TPE for Cantor as well and could be a legit point guard. And let's be honest, the Pistons are sellers. They're definitely not going to be doing, they're not making playoffs. There's a reason Blake Griffin opted out. I mean, they're 10 and 29. He's a guy that could come in for, you know, a couple million bucks, provide a spark, give us some points. You know, he's averaging, he's doing well. He's doing well this season. Uh, And he could be a facilitating point guard for us. So, you know, there are options. There are options. I don't know if Wayne Ellington would be my first pick as far as point guards go. I would probably opt if we got rid of Kemba. Again, all of this is completely hypothetical. But if we got rid of Kemba and opted to go with a package of potentially Aaron Gordon and Evan Fournier, I would probably more opt to go with a guy like George Hill with the TPE, and then you still have half that TPE to use on another player of similar caliber. So just adding another potential bench guy just to add some depth to this team because we desperately lack it at this point. But these are these are options that I have not heard of up until the last two days. And this is exciting. It's exciting. One of the, one of the rumors that's, a little bit less exciting is about Brad Stevens. Brad Stevens' dream job just opened up. Uh, the head coach of Indiana. Uh, it's literally it's been his childhood dream to coach at Indiana, and there's been a lot of talk about Indiana fans wanting him. And you know, Brad Stevens did go on. I don't know if it was Toucher and Rich or Felger and Maz, what one of those talk shows. And he said that he was not going anywhere, that we have nothing to worry about. That's fine. But these are, again, rumors at the deadline. And it's interesting. I mean, Brad obviously just signed his big extension. Doesn't seem like he's going anywhere. But it's things you got to keep an eye out for. Uh, we've already already seen a list of potential suitors. That's how friggin' crazy some of our Celtics fans are. Uh, but this is, this is a fun time of year. It's a fun time of year. Again, nine days. Nine days till the trade deadline. And a lot of things are starting to heat up. A lot of things. So that's where we're going to end it. I do want to touch one for a minute here about Vidget. And it's one of my sponsors. Shameless plug. I don't even care. It's basically, it's a free sports betting site or sports betting app, I guess I should say. And I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed. I put a lot of coins. So basically, it's it's like sports gambling, except there's coins, not money. So me, 
don't like to gamble, don't like to throw my money away, I get to bet on sports now. It's fantastic. Uh, I bet big on the Celtics to cover the spread. And for a very long time, it looked so promising, so promising, and I got let down. But I went 4-1 and one yesterday, so I'm a happy camper. And I'm really going to win that PS5 that is one of the prizes here. So make sure to follow. Go in, my, go in the link in the podcast notes and make sure to download the app. It's a lot of fun. Check it out. We've got a sports betting, like, betting league as well. So you can join that, compete against me, compete against a bunch of our listeners. Uh, but it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Anyway, that's where I'm going to wrap up. Uh, Celtics lose to the Jazz, 117-109. Move down to 20-19 and on the season. Uh, but we have a game tomorrow against the Cavs which will be a fun one. I've got a guest on the pod who runs his own podcast, uh, big Twitch streamer as well. Make sure to tune in for tomorrow's episode. If you haven't already, follow me on Twitter at NBA Celtics Guy. And make sure to follow, rate, review the podcast. A written review goes a long way. Have a good night, Celtics fans. Talk to you tomorrow. I can't help it, I'm all like a Celtic. I can't help it, nah, I can't help it, nah, I can't help it, I'm all like a Celtic. I can't help it, I'm all like a Celtic.